0: Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. Is your church looking at expanding this year? Are you looking at maybe helping a church plant get out and launch on its own? Or maybe you're looking at launching a multi-site maybe in 2023 or 2024? I want you to reach out to our friends at Portable Church. You see, one of the things that we know is that most new church plants and multi-site campuses end up in some sort of setup, up, tear down, portable situation. And you could try to do it on your own, but you know what? You will save money if you talk to, and time and burnout of your volunteers, if you talk to a strategic outsider, and that's what our friends over at Portable Church are all about. They're about helping you expand your ministry to go beyond your one location, whether it's through planting a campus or launching a church plant. Church planners who focus on building their core team and partner with the portability experts at Portable Church Industries hit the ground running, and make a bigger impact long-term. Can we have some real talk here for a second? You might be able to save more in the short term if you do this yourself, but believe me, I've seen this so many times. Churches that try to do this themselves, who don't have a strategic outsider, like Portable Church, end up wasting money, burning out volunteers, uh, and really... lose focus, particularly in that first year when it really is all about building that core team. So this is what I want you to do. If you are thinking about launching a new church plant or a campus in the next six months, the 36 months, I want you to reach out to portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary today. That is portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary today. If you're looking at planting in the next six to 36 months.
1: Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at
0: cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Super excited for today's conversation. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both Inspire and equip you, and today is no example is no exception to that. Uh, This is a perfect example of that. Trying to say two things at once, Uh, Casey Houston. I'm super excited to have her uh, on the podcast. She is the communications, the executive director of communications and events at a fantastic church, Crossroads Christian Church, located in Corona, California, one of the fastest growing churches in the country. You, if you're a longtime listener, you might remember earlier. Uh, that was maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, we had Talia Murray on, uh, and she, she was just fantastic, fantastic episode. And so I said, Talia, who else should we have? And she said, you should talk to Casey. So, so glad to have Casey on. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here.
2: Thank you for having me, Rich. Super excited to talk with you today.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to this as well. Communications is so critically important uh, to all of our churches, and so to be able to tap your expertise today is just incredible. So fill out the picture for folks that don't know, kind of talk to us about crossroads. give kind of fill in that picture a little bit. What? Tell us about the church and then tell us about your role there.
2: Yeah. So uh, as Talia shared earlier in the the podcast you did with her, our church is about 130 years old. That's very unique. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we're a multi-generational church uh, located in a beautiful area of Corona, which is located in Southern California. Um, And so uh, kind of funny thing, I have grown up here in this church. Mm. This is, uh, yeah, although I've done a couple different roles in ministry here, I have really spent my entire life either going to the school or attending the church. um, It's a huge part of my story. And Mm -hmm. I really, uh, through teachers at our school, and then ultimately church leaders here, discovered a lot of my different gifting. Uh, My Mm -hmm. parents were not necessarily um, disciples of Christ. uh, When raising Mm -hmm. me, it was actually my grandmother who said, hey, we should send her to a private Christian school. And that's how I ended up here. Um, And my parents worked full time. uh, So I spent a lot of time on this campus. And Mm -hmm. uh, I credit a lot of where I am today, uh, both spiritually and professionally with the way that people here have developed me into this place and helped me really recognize my gifts and using my uh, my my gifts to, uh, to a purpose within the church. And that's still the same today for so many people Mm -hmm. who are part of this church. We are really passionate about the next generation. If you were Mm -hmm. to take in one of our services online or to come to our campus, that's just something that you cannot miss about Crossroads.
0: Mm -hmm. So good. Well, this is great. And and talk to us about the role, executive director of communications events, Kind of frame that up. Help us understand what kind of what does that look like? How what when how do you describe that? You you meet someone and they say, "So, what do you do at the church?" What do you say to them?
2: Yeah, well, I can give you a little bit of background uh on mm-hmm. how I got here. It's a little bit sure. funny. Um you know, uh, pr- I've been in communications now as the communications director for the last 11 years at Crossroads, but prior to that, I was actually asked to join the staff as an admin to our worship pastor. So, uh, you know, prior to that, like I said, I had served in this church for pretty much my whole life, but I really had no idea what church staff members could possibly do working on a church staff for 40 hours a week. <laughs> now I laugh at that, of course, I yes. know most of us are working more than 40 hours a week uh, on really yes. important stuff. But I say this because I came in with no experience, but mm. I really had some strong admin skills and mm-hmm. some fresh eyes. And since so much of what our worship pastor uh, does is in partnership with our senior pastor, I really learned a lot quickly about our culture and mm. I got the opportunity to have a front seat to learn our DNA and what was important mm. to our senior pastor simply by observing interactions that I would see in weekly meetings. One of those meetings included a debrief of the previous weekend service and a look forward to the one that was coming. And mm-hmm. at that time, we had slated about five minutes in our service every week for the announcements, You know, for a mm. talking yes. person to get up there and to deliver announcements. And this funny thing happened in this meeting, I observed it for probably a year, ministry leaders would come in to that particular meeting and they would sort of pitch to give their announcement for their ministry that coming Sunday. And Mm. as far as I could tell, there was really no schedule or max (laughs) on how many people we could say yes to that would get airtime that coming weekend. So I just observed most of the time they would say yes to all of them. And we all know what happens. In that announcement space, especially back when most of us were doing, you know, the talking experience for five minutes, a lot of people tuned out, they didn't engage with any of our calls to action. And the funny thing is in the debrief portion of that meeting every week, our senior pastor was chronically disappointed with the fact that he had to cut off time from his sermon because... The announcement time inevitably moved from five minutes up toward 10 minutes. Love it he'd usually be disappointed that one of the five things we talked about that day did not really get engagement. So to my surprise, nobody was really making this connection or tackling this problem because there was no person.
0: It's all happening right here in this meeting, right here.
2: Exactly. I'm observing (laughs) the whole thing. I'm picking up on all the patterns. And uh, so eventually I told our senior pastor, I said, I think I can help bring some organization to this area of the service, Just this." five minutes and right. create more of a win for our ministries where people would actually engage with what we're talking about and mm-hmm. keep the part of the service from cutting into his messages every week. Um, right. So he said yes to that. And then that eventually led to me becoming what I didn't even know was a role in churches at the time, the communications director. This was just right. all based off of, you know, instinct. And I so, see a problem. Um,
0: Let's fix it. Yeah. Love
2: exactly. It. Exactly. Yeah. And so it really evolved from, from really pure, Really, organizing that portion of the service to really being the primary champion of clarity on our staff. Yes. And that's, uh, that's really what I would say if I can name one thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've dedicated my time and responsibility to finding clarity in all mm-hmm. things uh, mm-hmm. to make it transferable to our staff to take action.
0: Yeah, I love that. So let's dig into that a little bit more. How has... So I I think there's too many people that are listening in that feel that pain. They've been in yes. that meeting maybe yesterday. They were in that meeting. <laughs> right. Uh so I you know you've done a very good job, you know, kind of outlining that, helping us understand that. But maybe un- unpack maybe on the back end, how has the kind of increased focus on clarity, how has that a- kind of changed your approach or the church's approach to like initiatives and doing things and various tasks all that? How how has that impacted Uh, And then we'll dig into some of the how.
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm an Enneagram three achiever. So yes,
0: love it. Enneagram threes unite. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm
2: glad when people really embrace being an Enneagram three. So um, I'm an achiever. uh, So accomplishing a goal or capitalizing on an opportunity is always a primary driver for me, but especially Mm -hmm. in church, because what we're doing really matters. And so Mm -hmm. lack of clarity is a major barrier for winning. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of your listeners will resonate with this, that churches seem to naturally drift into doing a lot of things Mm -hmm. that require Mm -hmm. attention from our staff, attention from our budget, attention from the congregation, all in order to be successful. But yet I see many people are chronically disappointed with the outcome of whatever we're doing. So that is really what drives me to clarity is I want to make sure we win at the goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Drive up in inco- outcomes and engagement. Now, talk yes. to me about. So one of the things I find super frustrating is, you know, there's a lot of churches say like a thousand. Like I see I feel like I run into this all the time. Thousand, maybe, maybe even a little bit bigger, who they um uh, they approach communications as a discipline in like a in kind of a in a non-professional way. Now, some of that is because like the lead pastor. They're good at communicating. And so they think, therefore, I should be good at communications. And the example I use is like, listen, when you first start your church, yeah, maybe you did the finances or maybe you had like somebody else do like the bookkeeping, but then eventually you need to like hire accountants and like people who do all this right. stuff professionally. It's the same with communications. The yes. church grows to the place where at a senior leadership level, you need someone who is carrying communications unpack that for me. I believe you have probably have the same kind of thought around that. Why is that important at a senior level and how is it helping you drive kind of the kind of outcomes and engagement you're looking for?
2: Yeah, well, um, it's certainly true. And I think our senior, I know our senior pastor would agree uh, that this is imperative. In fact, I talked with him before this interview just to get his feedback on, you <laughs> yeah, know, how it. have you seen over us working together for 11 years in this capacity? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you see is most helpful to you? And although mm-hmm. um, being a clarity champion, especially with such a visionary leader is a very difficult tension to manage, he Mm -hmm. would tell you that he really has embraced that because he knows it's for the best. I will Mm -hmm. give the disclaimer that I believe um, you know, my primary role as a Clarity Champion, especially on our executive team, it has to be fully embraced by the whole team that we want to provide clarity to people outside of that room, may it be our staff or our congregation, because if we can't agree on that then the person in this role especially at that level will be chronically frustrated um Mm -hmm. you it requires a lot of question asking um you know the ability to also speak up and say where there's some incongruency um you know maybe uh and i I know i wrote this somewhere in in the notes later on to talk about too is um is that we're often in communications, really well-versed, uh, we're kind of a neutral ministry within the, the mm. ministry teams. We're serving so many different ministries regularly that we're really in touch with their needs. Mm. And yeah, they're true. really more candid with us with their feedback on things that, <laughs> things that, um, are articulated well, or things that they're kind of hung up on or don't make yes. sense. So we're often those canaries in the coal mine that will come in and say, Hey, I know at this level at all seems really clear to you and it seems mm. like everybody should just be falling in line um but we often have to be the ones to say hey here's where people are a little uh, stuck on this we might need to help remove some barriers and um certainly i don't think that's the the senior leader's propensity i don't think that they're Mm. often in those conversations just Mm. by design um Mm -hmm. and they're not going to get that kind of feedback and they're not going to be looking at ministry the way that a communications director is so they Mm. can really be an asset beyond even just the promotional side of communications and when i talk to Mm -hmm. a lot of executive pastors Um, And they ask what I do or, you know, how I provide value to the executive team. Often I'll hear, well, we wouldn't, we don't really devote time to talking about marketing. (laughs) So I'm not sure that would work in our executive team meetings. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I think we need to really help people get a clear idea that, yes, there's the function of communications that often is providing you Mm -hmm. your design and updating Mm -hmm. your website and um, doing your invite cards and all of that stuff they're executing on branding. But the person who's going to represent them on your executive team is really looking at achieving that level of clarity for the whole team Mm -hmm. to be able to Mm -hmm. achieve its goals.
0: Yeah, I love that. I I was in a, uh, you'll get a kick out of this. I was in a conversation recently with a senior leader. It was like, so the senior leaders there and myself and a bunch of other people. And um, they, there was like, they had this poster printed up with this slogan on it that I, I thought was bad. Like, I was like, this is not good. And um and the senior leader thought this was great they were like oh isn't this this great and i'm looking around and i'm like i think everybody else thinks this is bad but they're just not saying anything and so then i said i was the first one to go and this is i'm not trying to point myself out but this is an example of the kind of thing i'm like i don't think that's very good and like for this reason that reason and that reason and then, and then everybody else piled on. Oh yeah, yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. There, there's something about having that role of the, you know, the clarity champion, that that's the kind of thing that you find yourself doing. Can you talk about some examples of how, you know, champion clarity at that level, at that kind of senior executive level has made a difference in kind of some of the outcomes kind of connect those two together. What would be some examples uh, of that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, for most churches, the executive team is the one that's making strategic decisions every week. So Mm -hmm. whether we're preparing for a building campaign or we're trying to increase giving units or Mm -hmm. getting people to Easter services or responding to a crisis, the executive team really is like ground zero for these conversations. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. what I think a lot of executive leaders forget is that um, the conversations we're having week to week and the decisions that are being made in that room, they're going to result in the need to collaborate with other ministry leaders outside Mm -hmm. of that room. And so, like I said, your communications director is often the canary in the coal mine. They're going to be the ones who are going to see the different needs of ministries. um, And we're that neutral player. We consider Mm -hmm. uh, we're serving all of the different ministries. So we're trying to, we're getting more feedback on things that don't make sense or do make Mm -hmm. sense. Um, So having your comms director in that meeting is giving you an early opportunity to really talk through the barriers that we might need Mm -hmm. to address in order for people to embrace a decision. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think we can often experience uh, that when we're in a room like this, we talk about things for weeks at a time. We're wrestling through these different things Mm -hmm. and we walk out and, you know, forget we haven't done the whole context with these teams Mm -hmm. or with the congregation. And I see a lot of executive leaders get Uh, frustrated with the lack Mm. of engagement on their staff teams it can almost drift into the you know they're not on board type of conversation and (laughs) they don't get
0: us they're not there they don't love jesus exactly they're they're stiff-necked sinners
2: Right, exactly. And we have to remember that the ministry staff, you know, they are over specific goals and functions within the church yes. where they're devoting their time to, you know, a specific ministry and achieving the goals we have laid out with them for that ministry. Um, and most of them, they just need a compelling why uh, behind mm. the new work that we're asking them to do or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it is in order to fully embrace it. I, I don't really ever expect Experience uh, anyone combative about a direction right. that we're going in, it's most often the time that they just don't have the context that we have sitting in this room for weeks, really wrestling this idea to the ground. Mm-hmm. So um, I am often the one who's asking a lot of these questions in these meetings on their behalf, again, because I'm very um, aware of the kinds of questions that they might have. So I'll be asking these questions. My goal is to put together, you know, a document of some sort. You Usually just one page, whatever we're working on to really answer those questions that people mm. outside of that room might have. Um, mm. And oftentimes, it's a, it's a worthy exercise for that team, <laughs> the executive team. You know, like you said, you might have some in there who have very different opinions about something. And I feel like I'm oftentimes, you know, tearing off a stick of dynamite and throwing it mm. in. Um, you know, that's kind of my job is to even some Sometimes take a a side of something just to see what kind of reaction I get to know, um, okay, we're very committed to this, you know, and not this or to at least drive more conversation in there. So we leave that room with more clarity. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is the, like the XP of discipleship really in that room should desire a level of clarity also, but their primary role in there is not to figure out how to make the messaging clear for different audiences right. so right. that those people can take action. So, um, again, having your comms director in that meeting early on in the conversation really gives them a chance to organize that communication and, mm-hmm. uh, to advocate for a great transfer to others so that it results mm-hmm. in greater engagement. Uh, Can if you, you ta- want to, yeah,
0: go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask if you could talk through, uh, maybe an example, maybe where there was a change in direction or like something new was rolled out and, um, you know, take us inside that room. Give me a sense of your role, you know, uh, kind of talk that through a little bit.
2: Yeah, so um, oftentimes, uh, you know, I I alluded to before that uh, we can really be like the air traffic controllers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, Uh, again, because the church just drifts into a place where we end up doing a lot of different things or we're excited about a lot of different things at once Your comms director, what I typically will provide uh, in terms of value to this team is that when we're talking about a new initiative, I can tell you what planes or messages are getting ready to take off. And I can tell you which ones are already in the air. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you which ones have landed and even those that have (laughs) crashed and burned. If we just, you know, took... (laughs) So oh gosh! Whole illustration. <laughs> yes, uh, run it
0: right to, till, the till the end. Till Love the
2: end. it. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, so I'm often, you know, having in those moments to say, okay, well, we just rolled this out right now, and we have people's attention wrapped around this. Um. For instance, we've got a series coming up here pretty soon, and mm-hmm. I'm already sensing that there are quite a few people who have some different expectations and goals of our people outcomes Mm. from this series week to week, and then an overall one um, that will continue moving throughout the year. Um, And especially if it impacts people's finances, um, Mm. you know, I'm often the one who's saying, okay, let's remember practically, if we do this for seven weeks, um, mm. If we throw out that this is important each week, but then we're also asking them to go sign up to do this over here, right? You know, what are we going to be most disappointed with when mm. it's not done? When it's mm. not when people don't engage with that, and and we can get into more of that as a practical, you know, how I ask questions with our our senior uh, pastor specifically. Um, But I I also do this in, um, you know, a little uh, lesser pressure with like road mapping a series. Um, So I I get in on the front end of this with our senior pastor uh, or all our teaching pastors ahead of Mm -hmm. a series. I'm sitting down and I'm saying, okay, you guys tell us what you're thinking about doing for this duration. Um, And then I kind of say, like, what are the goals? What do we hope people will do um, after this series? How will it change them? Then we go week by week. And really right. talk through, okay, what do we want them to know, feel, do, which um, came from Craig Rochelle. But just applying mm-hmm. some of that, even to our series um, right. road mapping. So asking a lot of those questions is just another practical way that we do that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love the the air traffic controller example, I think, is a very... Um, is a very vivid example, and I think is very uh, applicable for sure to this. I can see how that would be of huge value for sure. Can you talk a little bit more about so one of the pressures I think so many of our churches face is there's this it's kind of like where you started there's this notion that you know somebody runs a department or they're you know they're involved in something, and they're like, if I can just get somebody on the weekend to stand up and talk about this thing like if And, and there's, I know they think all they need is that, but we know that that's actually not going to guarantee that they're going, their thing could end up crashing and burning. (laughs) Right. Bring us all together. Why, why do you just kind of weekend stage promotions, not the answer? How does that relate with the planes flying around? You know, how how has that actually benefited what you've done at Crossroads?
2: Yeah. So, um, We have dozens of ministries in our church, and Mm -hmm. we also serve a preschool through 12th grade school that's connected to us. So every day we've got planes or messages that are taking off, they're in the sky, or they're coming Mm -hmm. in for landing. So part of my job is to really protect the runway and Mm -hmm. the skies for collisions or Mm -hmm. congestion. You know, So Mm -hmm. um, my executive team really empowers me in this role to really mine for clarity around the overarching winds of our church, and then Mm -hmm. to help remove barriers. For the most part, they allow me to determine the best time for these Mm -hmm. planes to take off. This took Mm -hmm. a while to get to this place. So I just want anyone Mm -hmm. to know who's listening. uh, It might sound like we got here overnight. We didn't, it was was Mm -hmm. a process. But Mm -hmm. one process I would give you just practically is we do a ministry planning cycle and it really just gives us a proactive look at the schedule ahead. So our executive Mm -hmm. team will meet in the fall. We'll really lay out the next year's initiatives and the sermon series. And then I'll put that on a spreadsheet, a Google spreadsheet for everyone to see. But a a next level thing is that I'll also back in promotion. We know it's going to take anywhere Mm. from four to six weeks talking about this thing to get people to actually show up. So uh, then I pass that off to the ministries and they're really able to map out their three to five goals for the next six months and work uh, with aligning with our overarching goals. So Mm -hmm. we then we built this culture where ministries understand that they can't rely on the weekend stage to make their event successful Mm, um, mm. because there's limited space to promote things once we focus on all of those big rocks that we, you know, tackled in the executive meeting and backed in that promotion. So um, ministries need to detail how they plan to do the work of engaging people around their event or initiative without the support of the weekend stage. So if we're able to emphasize their event at a time where it's got a practical application from the message that week or one of our strategic pushes, then that really is seen as a bonus to them. Mm -hmm. Again, took a long time to get here. uh, And we could not have done that unless we we embrace this as a culture, as an executive team, because all of our executive leaders are really championing this within the ministries that they oversee.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, you know, and continuing to move, I've found in the past moving departments to, Hey, here's a whole bunch of other ways that you can communicate what you're, you want to do and, and, and don't be, and we can help you with that. We'll, we'll help you figure through all the different tools that you could use all the different approaches. And, and frankly, a lot of it is like talking with your own people. Like it's like, yeah, actually let's actually, you have a defined, you know, constituency, let's get in front of them in the channels that make sense to get in front of them instead yeah. of just relying on being in front of everyone else.
2: And I find that when they have that responsibility in order to put on mm-hmm. this event, they actually start to ask questions like, is this really what our people need right now? Right. And because they're having to go to those people on their own and they're not relying on a huge marketing arm of the church to do that for them. Uh, I Sometimes these ideas get squashed on their own because they say, well, yeah, actually we're not sure you know, given all the work it's going to take that we want to proceed forward with that. We're not going to get the outcome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, So a little bit in a different direction around the same, you know, the same topic, a lot of what you do is lead up. A lot of what you do is lead and influence the, you know, your senior leader, um, but the, you know, other executives. Um, When you think about that aspect of your role, do you have any, advice you know cuz there i'm sure there's communications people that are listening that are like oh my goodness i would love to work there it sounds like they actually appreciate the role of communications and they're they're trying to think about man how do i how do i influence the organization any advice for folks that would be listening in with that mindset
2: yeah um like i said earlier it can really be um it can kind of be an exhausting uh seat to sit in sometimes mm. especially because um, I understand, uh, you know, and it's the same way here. Visionary leaders often they have more room for ambiguity than people mm. sitting in this seat. Mm, and so, so you know, we're it's tension to manage. Uh, eleven years in, I would say we haven't solved that problem. um, it's <laughs> just again, I go back to it's been eleven years getting to know my senior mm-hmm. pastor and how he yeah. prefers to do things and where we're going. And, um, and often that's led to me having conversations uh, with him you know, throughout the year, he's an Enneagram seven. So he loves doing five exciting things at once. Mm. And he really (laughs) believes that it will all work out. Um, Mm. But he would also tell you as a seven, he has to work really hard uh, to fight off the tendency to avoid pain. So in situations Mm. where he wants to people to focus on five things, it's kind of painful to have to tell a ministry, we're not going to do all of those things. And so I kind of lead up by asking questions like, Um, Okay, if we share these five things in the Sunday service come Monday morning, which of the five things will you be most eager to see results for? Mm, And if you can't answer that one, you know, usually there's one that's like, I want to see people do this, then that's the most Mm. important thing. If you need more questions, which one of these will be the most painful for you if we don't see engagement around it? Whatever Mm. the answer is to that, that's the most important thing. And then I'm Mm. usually able to activate around building messaging for that or even fighting to push off other things to a time where the main thing isn't gonna suffer, but mm. also just you know stepping into uh, wanting to remove barriers. And when I notice mm. we're not on the same page about something, um, it's important for us as com directors, even though in our fight for clarity, um, that we can often be coming in with feedback. Um, we're wanting to show honor to our senior leader, but also we're representing about we're representing what's not clear about his mm-hmm. vision or his communication mm-hmm. and it can often feel like you're calling his baby <laughs> ugly. So, sure. um, you know, someone in this role I think really needs to earn that trust. Um, yeah. And to to discern, like, is this a point where I need to have a conversation because my leader is at risk? And, right. you know, and, and I would say, if you know that, then yeah, that's a primary function of this role to step into those hard things for the purpose of keeping us on track toward the goal. Um, but I would build that relationship and that trust. And there might need to be some calibration throughout mm-hmm. the year because it's such mm-hmm. a tension to manage, just to continue reiterating. I am on your side and I'm for you and I'm in a support of Mm -hmm. whatever you feel like God is calling this church to do. And so although I'll come in with some critical feedback here and there, or I have an opinion about how something might be done best. um, Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's your call, but I feel like I wouldn't be doing a service to you if I didn't share, you know, what, what might be a barrier to our success. Mm -hmm. So we've really worked that tension and we've established, established a lot of trust over the years. And I would say if there's someone in this role, that's something to focus on.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's, that's such a, a lot of wisdom in that answer around, you know, the relationship side of it and building trust. And there's, you know, there's wisdom there around, okay, you know, not every hill is a hill we can die on. And yeah. um, how do yeah. we find, And I like you know, to
2: die on every hill, Rich. I really do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it. That's 11 is, years in so and
2: I'm still pumped to die on all the hills, but I have yes. to really, really um, make sure that I'm being wise about that
0: love it. So good. As we come to close up today's conversation, Casey, anything else you'd like to share? Anything else you'd like to say uh, to to help our guests as we close out today?
2: I would just say, um, you know, in our pursuit of clarity and uh, really hitting our overarching goals, helping our teams do that, there are some really awesome ways that we can pair um, ministry opportunities with major initiatives or Uh, messages each week. Uh, And I'll just give one example of that. You know, for years we had teams coming to us saying, can you announce Mm. our ministry? Cause we need more volunteers for this, you know, Mm. and just mentioning that was never really effective and it really just came across needy. Um, So now what we do is every year, one of our pastors is preaching on gifts Um, or they're preaching on the importance of serving. And Mm -hmm. so we have now paired the pitch for people to get involved with ministry um, with that service every year, and it's called Draft Day. So Mm -hmm. all the ministries are out on the patio doing that, and um, we have seen the biggest results uh, from pairing messages with opportunities in ministry because you're getting multiple impressions and actually moving the hearts of people in -hmm. multiple ways throughout the service to action once again. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. there are some great ways I'm happy. If someone wanted to email me, I could download them on a couple different ways. We do some of the major things in churches to get people engaged. But, um, but that's one thing that I, I hope people, um, have, have some energy to explore.
0: Love it. So good. Well, if people want to get in touch with you or track with the church, where do we want to send them online?
2: Yeah. You're welcome to email me. I'm Casey, K-A-S-E-Y at com, And I'm also mm-hmm. on Instagram, Casey Huesen.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Casey. I really appreciate you being here today, cheering for you guys. Love what Crossroads is up to. And I really appreciate your generosity in being here today. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. <laughs> Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.